welcome back to Netball Nation for the second part of series two. I am reunited once more by the girls themselves, Sarah and Mags. Hi, you girls. Hello, ladies. Um, now, Mags, for anyone that isn't watching this on YouTube, for anyone that's just listening to it, Mags looks absolutely radiant, Mags. Why are you glowing like this? Uh, maybe a bit of vitamin D from the sunshine. <laughs> just glowing a bit. Sarah, we need to say we need to take some tips here, don't we? No offence, Sarah, but you and I, we're just sat on, we've just got a sofa as our backdrop. <laughs> Mags has turned up in a bright orange t-shirt, looking very radiant. Um, Sarah, what have you been doing since the last time we spoke? Sorry, someone's phone's just going mental here. <laughs> <laughs> is it yours by any chance? No, it wasn't mine. Just proves um, it's live and this is yeah, real. Yeah. <laughs> what have I been doing? Um, not much, just working and, and yeah, that's about it, relaxing. Any jigsaw puzzles or? I've not done any jigsaw. I finished my book, so that was exciting because I'm a very slow reader. Um, <laughs> How long does it take you all of lockdown? <laughs> yeah, it's taken me about two months, so. What was it, What were you reading? I was reading, it was called Anita and Me by Mira Sayal, you know, the comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. I like her. And Max, have you been doing much baking? Uh, I have actually. I've still done something on a Tuesday, but not done the uh, volume. I've tried to keep the volume down because I've caught myself eating more of it than I was giving away. Well, <laughs> so. there are two very willing participants here. <laughs> oh, I promised you. As soon as we're back together, I have promised you. Very, very excited. I'm sure if you're listening right now, you'll know that Mags bakes up an absolute storm. Some belters. This is Netball Nation. Powered by Netball UK, your one-stop shop for everything netball. Now then, to kick things off and be back to court ready for when we can finally get back on court, we've got another amazing competition this August, powered by Netball UK and supported by ASICS. We're giving you the chance to win a pair of ASICS brand new netball trainers for you and the pair for a friend. We've eight pairs to give away of four shoes available now at Netball UK. The ASICS Professional FF2, ASICS Super FF, ASICS Academy 8 and ASICS Professional 2 GS Junior. Ooh, you try saying that. Every week in August, we'll be featuring one of those shoes on the podcast and telling you why you need a pair. We start with the professional FF2, 2020's new version of the best-selling netball shoe of all time. It's now available in black, peacoat, and exclusive to Netball UK, Arctic Sky. That sounds very nice. Fans of the professional have been impressed by this cutting-edge upgrade, both aesthetically and utilising the latest technologies. The FF2 is the most lightweight and responsive netball shoe ever produced by ASICS. It's the choice of many top Super League and international netball players, including Manchester Thunderstar Caroline O'Hanlon, plus Australian Diamonds captain Caitlin Bassett and her teammates Liz Watson and Caitlin Thwaites. To enter, go to our website and click on the banner on the homepage and you'll be back to Court ready with Netball UK and ASICS. Best of luck with that. Now, we are going to cover today how Netball is looking in the UK now. With coronavirus restrictions lifting and clubs getting back to training, we're going to be discussing the state of the game in the UK. The ANZ is reaching its conclusion. There was a shock result in the latest round of fixtures and plenty of other talking points for us to get stuck into. But before we get to that, the biggest news in the Netball world this week is the return of Australia's Suncorp Super Netball. And to help us go through the first round's games, we've got Australian netball journalist Erin Delahunty. Hello. Oh, welcome. Thank Hi, you. thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Australia where you've had to open your door because at about nine o'clock at night, it's still warm. Yeah, look, it is still a little bit warm here. I'm actually quite close to the Queensland border. I normally live about 2,000 kilometres here. But um, I'm actually just by happy circumstance, I'm up here on holiday. So, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that it's a little bit warm. Oh, it's obviously oh, in the middle whoa, of whoa, winter. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've got nine o'clock, door open because <laughs> it's too warm. I'm on holiday. And can you just tell me what 2,000 kilometres is in old money? <laughs> okay, so that's like from London to Istanbul. That's just a bit of, that's how I think of it, the distance. Are you feeling jealous, Mags? Oh, maybe just a little bit green. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erin, we won't eat into your holiday time too much. Thank you so much for joining us. How are things down under at the moment? Well, look, I mean, where I'm from in Victoria in terms of coronavirus, is, you know, it's a, really, it's a really scary time. And that's why we've seen Super Netball transfer up to the, you know, we call it the Sunshine um, State of Queensland. 
So here, things are very well under control and obviously the netball has been able to, uh, to get going this weekend, which is so exciting. What is the, obviously you mentioned Victoria there, what, what is the feeling like in Victoria now that it's just gone back into lockdown? It's, I mean, it's pretty scary when you talk to your friends about lockdown and having to be home by 8pm. You cannot leave your home in Melbourne. It's about 5 million people that can't leave their home after 5, after 8pm. So that's pretty scary. Only being allowed out once a day. Uh, the area that I live in, you know, with been a return to remote learning, only four reasons allowed to leave your home. It is quite terrifying in, in Victoria and I think a lot of the rest of the, the country don't probably appreciate that at the moment. But, um, yeah, hopefully this six weeks, which will end in you know the middle of September, we'll hopefully be able to knock it on. Yeah, I think we can empathise with that even over here in England. Yeah. Well, throughout the time constraints, it is it's unnerving, isn't it, anyway, as a rule, just sort of the rules changing and things happening and not knowing what's going to happen with the future. Um, but to Super Netball, which is uh, finally here after the original start date was put back from the start of March, um, what do you make, Erin, of the competition format and all of the teams being based in Cleveland this season? Uh, I mean, there's been so much change in such a short amount of time. It's kind of hard to keep your, your head around it. And the piece I wrote about four or five days ago for Guardian Australia is just completely out of date. The draw, you know, is changing every day. We still don't have the official draw for this weekend, which is all kinds of, of crazy. Um, yeah, it's... It's, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around. I think having condensed season makes a whole lot of sense, uh, given what's happened with coronavirus, exactly as you just said. Things are changing by the day, and it looked as if they wanted to get through games quickly, but with the change of plan, with the Sydney teams not playing in Sydney anymore and flying into the hub, that means that the draw has had to be rejigged again. So it looks like we're going to go back more into a traditional model where we have those four games each weekend. But I, I would imagine they might try, try squeezing some more games in as well just to get through them before anything changes from underneath them. For you in your job role, just personally, how difficult is this for you to try and keep on top with and keep everyone informed? Well, impossible. I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of job I'm doing at the moment <laughs> um, of doing that. I think the difficulty has been... You know, Super Netball as an organisation, I think they've been probably a little bit cautious in not wanting to release information and then be wrong, whereas I feel like a lot of the fans and certainly a lot of the readers that I talk to, they'd rather be taken on the journey. They'd rather them say, hey, this is what we're planning on. Oh, but you know what? That's changed. We're going to go in a different direction. So there's been a bit of frustration definitely out there amongst people not knowing what is happening. The playing group are exactly the same. The playing group are getting phone calls you know, people literally had tickets printed out to fly to one location and then we're told, no, you're not going there. So it's not as if it's been done in any kind of vindictive way, but it has been, very, it's been a very difficult time for a lot of people. And I mean, it just, it goes to, it speaks to the, the quality of netball and the people that are involved that they've just got on with it, right? That's what netball does. We just get on with it. Erin, can I just ask you, I mean, are you within the circle of trust where you get your information from or are you just picking up scraps as they're thrown out well if i told you that maggie i'd put myself out of a job <laughs> like it can you can you I imagine mean, if, if this happened in a male sport though like can like i guess for you over there it's like afl but for us it'd be like football here if they were doing this and they were like actually you know it's not going to be liverpool man city this week they're going to go and play Bournemouth <laughs> instead. Everyone would be losing be a riot. their minds about this. Be a riot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were tickets sold for the Sydney Games this weekend. Wow. And on Thursday, that changed. On Friday, that changed. The, the, the things that are having to be dealt with are absolutely massive. I'm always talking to people, Maggie, to answer your question, I'm always talking to people on the record and off the record, and you tend to find the truth is always you know, is always yeah. somewhere in between. You tend to land there. But I think it's also, you know, I think the sport has a responsibility to try and be, you know, I certainly do, to try and be accurate and give people things that I know to be true, not just speculation, because I think fans do that and that's absolutely brilliant that they do. But as a journalist, I, you know, I do like things out there that are, are very, very much based in, very much based in fact. Like when I, I, you know, got it confirmed before Netball Australia announced about the Queensland Hub. I can't even remember what day that was. Was that like yeah. six months ago? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I put that out on Twitter because I knew that I knew that to be to be a fact. I wasn't just having a guess. Excellent. 
certainly don't envy you doing your job right now, Erin, that's for sure. Um, you know, we've got to ask you this because we know that you've uh, got a very strong opinion on it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Great rule. Um, you've got a few thoughts on it, but what did you make of it after seeing it in play for the first time? Burn it with fire. Shoot <laughs> it into the sun. <laughs> Can you can you elaborate? Please explain why you want it burning with fire. <laughs> I'm just taking a breath. Look, there's there's so many issues that I have with this rule that I can't even articulate them to you. There's so many things. It changes the fundamental tenement of what our game is. It's the scoring. There is no more basic fundamental to a game than the score. And we have completely rewritten the rules on how that is going to be. The way that it has rolled out at the weekend, I know a lot of people found it very exciting. I didn't. It's fantastic to see long shots. We see long shots all the time. We see Steph Wood put in those kind of goals all of the time. And sorry, just go back a minute. When I say long shots, it's not a long shot. It's I was a about range. to say, it's a kind of mid-range. medium like, range. If you're going to call it, it is a not shot, that you kind of need to make, make it a little bit more super than what they have. And, the, and, this, and this is another thing I think a lot of people realised, um, you know, the bushfire game that we saw in early March and then the Fast Five that a lot of us have seen, the assumption was that that was going to be the distance. It's 50 centimetres deeper than that. So I'm sure, you know, you guys watched on the broadcast and went, because I at the bushfire game, it was like a pineapple ring is the way I sort of described it when I wrote it. They kind of sit around, sat around the top. For all intents and purposes, it's half of, given you don't shoot under the ring, right, so that, that two foot isn't usable, it's half of the ring. So you're not, you're, not, you're not trying to find the next Maria Falau. You're rewarding mid-range shooters, which is fine. If that's the idea, that's, that's fine. But it's all been, it's been touted as we're going to bring back this long shot. Isn't it all exciting? Well, I mean, Steph Wood's fantastic and she's brilliant to watch, but she's not Maria Tutaia. Oh, my goodness. Flashback. Sorry. Not Maria Falau. She's not shooting from those, those longer distances. And then there's all these implications that came from it on the weekend around the way the game is officiated. Let's just let the shooters choose where they take a penalty from, shall we? Like, there's just so many issues around it. I mean, and, and then, I, you know, that's before you even say, oh, look, Australia, the Australian Diamond captain sat on the bench for five minutes in the first quarter. Wow, that's going to be great for Australian netball going forward, isn't it? We're going to have players that don't run out of full game at the moment when they go to international level. Oh, and they have to play a different game as well. I mean, how long's your podcast? Like, how yeah. long? Like, how long? <laughs> <laughs> really, you're going you're gonna to get me started now because I, I've never hated a rule change more. Like, never. Um, but what got me is, like, when we're talking about the integrity of the game and you've got Emma Ride getting the ball under the post and, and losing the ball trying to pass it out further out. And I'm like... What, like, what has the game become? Because you've also then got your defenders for five minutes in the quarter do the complete opposite to what's natural to them and they just leave the person under the post and they go flying out. And I love Fast Five as much as the next person, but I don't want Fast Five every week. I want Fast Five once or twice a year and everyone has a great time and then we go back to playing normal netball. And I, I don't know, I just... I might, you know, by the end of the season, maybe I'll be a convert and I'll love it. But I think what's more likely to happen is... I can't see that happening. Well, I think what's more likely to happen is I'll just stop watching. Yeah. Which... Oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah, because it, well, it annoys me as well because there's no, it's not true shifts in momentum. It's like you score one goal, like you score two goals basically and someone's back in the game. And it's like that, that team's just slogged for 10 minutes to get a four goal lead and like that I mean you have to uh, watching that I think the Firebirds game the Firebirds lightning game was probably for me the most prominent where the Firebirds defenders were absolutely dominating they were well on top of that game and Firebirds were well in control eight I think it was they were eight up at quarter time or whatever it might have been how demoralising as a defender to know that you have dominated and you've turned the ball over and then a couple of I'm a defender, obviously. I mean, I don't want to use bad words, but you know, a couple of arsy shots and all that work—it's mm. just that the you know has completely shifted. 
And that takes you to the next thing, which is, okay, well, the shooters that can shoot it, it's fantastic and those clubs will be rewarded. The clubs haven't had an opportunity to prepare for it. So they haven't recruited for that rule. So you're asking them, you know, so then there's going to be teams that are going to necessarily benefit. I mean, the Thunderbirds is a good example. How different would they be looking if Maria still had the goal attack be on? But she's not there this, this season. Maybe she might have hung around for an extra season. Maybe Well, she, you know, she could have um, just got paid, like, I don't know, a ridiculous astronomical summit. sum yeah. if she'd hung around this season. Yeah, yeah or, I mean, don't, you don't think, you know, um, Amelia Anikonasio's phone isn't ringing off the hook well, at the moment. Well, it, still in the last podcast, podcast if, if she's not getting hit up left, right and centre, then I don't uh, know who yeah. is. Once the uh, ANZ season finishes, let's see what happens. Well, it's only a couple of weeks away. It's only a couple of weeks away and they'll be done well and truly. And they might have the travel bubble up between Australia and New Zealand then. So who knows what might happen. But see, I'm like, I'm like, my voice is shaking. I've got acid in my guts about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much. And the other, the other thing that, that everyone misses too is that it's a sub-zero game, right? When you look a lot, you know, there's been a lot of analysis done online to say, okay, who would have won if those goals were a point, you know, and you, nine times out of ten, you end up you're back in the same position, mm. and the better team overall in the game wins. <laughs> Crazy concept. I, I think. I think what I also don't understand is part of part of the reasoning behind it was to make the act of scoring more exciting. Now, to me, it's not any more exciting because someone still stops, someone still marks that shot. And then the shot, like we've talked about, it's not coming in from miles away. It's, it's a mid-range shot. So I, I don't understand what, what's changed there. It's, it's no more exciting. It's no quicker than it was. You know, no one's going to run into the crowd and take the top off because there's 120 <laughs> goals in a game. So, like, I, I don't know what's, what's really changed. I'll tell you what changed, yeah. Sarah. The flow of the game when that five-minute buzzer was just about to go off. And teams that were, you know, performing quite well, they were bringing the ball through the court beautifully, doing what they do naturally, running their lines. And then all of a sudden, the whole dynamic changed and the fundamentals went out of the window. You've got little goal attacks, you know, and fair play to some of these youngsters that have been brought into these squads who were having a go and having a crack at it. But it just completely messed with the whole flow of the game. And instead of going for those one-pointers and keeping the scoreline ticking over because they were able to get those one-pointers, they didn't. You mentioned Emma, Emma Ride. You know, Claire's almighty, bless her. You know, let's be right. She's not the most flexible and she's not the one that can move around and do those give and goes. But she's trying to do them. And it just messed with the whole flow and the fundamentals of the game. So did I enjoy it? There were the odd moment where it came naturally and they just took it naturally. But 90% of the time it was unnatural and you could see it was unnatural. Well, we've certainly opened the can of worms there, haven't we, guys? Right. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I think that's the point. Sorry, you asked. Thanks for joining us, Erin. <laughs> Hi. Um, do you think, Erin, because of the backlash um, around it, can you see them changing the rule, reversing it? Uh, look, I, I'm accused of being cynical when I say this, but by announcing it this year, they've they've given them what I'm sort of calling COVID cover. So. If, if the ratings are up and things are amazing this season, despite it being really different, Super Netball can say, it's the two-point shot. It's, it's driven all of this interest. It's here to stay. If it doesn't work and numbers are down, well, it's COVID. It's, you know, it's not a normal year. We can't possibly, we can't possibly make a decision based off of this. So I think we'll absolutely see it next season hell or high water and that relates back to the broadcast deal so obviously channel nine that that you know the broadcaster here within australia they have the rights until the end of next season so i think a lot of us sort of quietly thought we might see this next year so then that might be part of you know the negotiations at the moment that are happening about what might happen into the future but i definitely think we'll see it next year sorry your face looked a bit shocked then when erin said that yeah i am shocked um just because like when, when you saw the backlash from the players as well and, and how upset they were about not being consulted and then the, the feeling that it's already a sort of given for next year is will be tough to take for teams. Like at, They're too invested. I believe they're too invested in it, Sarah. Yeah. And, and, I've, and I've spent too much and worked too hard. I mean, you've only got to watch the commentary and listen to, to the broadcaster yeah. 
to get that sense that this is something they're really heavily invested in when you've got, you know, the head of the commission tweeting out wonderful praise of it and things like that as well. It's like there isn't really a debate. I think a lot of the negativity is coming from fans that are, and I'm certainly probably lumped in with those people as kind of rusted on, diehards, traditionalists, whatever it might be. And I think I know certainly at the time of the announcement that there was encouragement of players to get angry about it. They wanted players out there talking about it. That was part of the PR strategy behind, right, which is cynical beyond belief, really. But that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to generate it. They wanted the headlines. They wanted people to be talking about it. And they wanted to get they want to get new eyeballs on the game. They're not worried about uh, me or you, Sarah. They're worried about other people coming into the game. And as many other people have suggested, obviously they're looking for a different audience and different equals male right yeah you don't have to be a rocket science to work that out do you think do you think there'll be backlash from players and potentially whoever the diamonds coach is in in this close season do you do you think that will make a difference or do you think it, it's again just going to kind of fuel the fire well i mean again at the risk of being accused of being cynical it's kind of co- it's kind of uh you know, helpful to them. We don't have a diamonds coach right now. Mm. We don't have Lisa Alexander, you know, on the BBC talking about what an absolute diabolical decision this is and how much it's going to affect going forward. What, you know, the diamond success. I mean, she talked She talked about that when it was proposed. She was really strong about it. So she was one really loud voice that has been missing from the debate. So I think that, again, feeds into the idea that, yeah, it's just going to roll over. And this new diamonds coach that's going to come in going to have enough to deal with really towards the end of this season without worrying about what's happening with the domestic competition. Do you think that the Diamonds head coach has that bigger voice that could affect any sort of change? Because we've already alluded to the fact that it's just about the commercial element, you know, the fact they didn't consult any players, any teams, that they just rolled it in, you know, through the back door and shut up and put up. Does the Diamonds head coach have any say at all? I think I think that person absolutely does. And I think the proof is that we haven't seen this shot until this year. Mm. You know, whether that's a coincidence, you know, there's an argument to be had there. But Lisa Alexander was very vocal, was very out there. She's very well connected in terms of the broader sporting landscape in Australia, not just with Netball Australia, but with funding bodies, with Sports Australia, with whole bunch of other things that feed into feed into this and the perception and the PR and the media that she does. So I do think that that uh, role, whoever it might be, does have a say in it. And and it should. We're the number one netball nation in the world. I'm not sure if you guys know, but we're still number one. Like just 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 check just it out. Just you know, right? Can we blow, can we blow her screen out again? <laughs> number one but no major titles. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, you know, we we, and, and we are still probably the, the most well-resourced, the most money, the best league in the world. So that that person isn't just a figurehead. They are an important, significant person. And I do think they do have that um, that pull and that, you know, level of respect. Who do you think that person will be? <sighs> if you find out, can you tell me? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Text and I, will, I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I, do, I do think it will be a super netball coach. I think that Netball Australia has been really clear that they want someone that is in the thrust and parry every week and not not in terms of opposition, but just in terms of picking her team. Sitting on the sidelines and watching week in and week out. I think Amy Parmenta is kind of an example of this, right? How Amy Parmenta did not play for the Diamonds based off of her season last year and the glimpses we saw of her to me, is kind of a testament to that because I sat there and I watched her and your court side and you see her work off the ball and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. You don't necessarily see that if you're a national coach and you're sitting outside of the system. And we've done that now. We've had that person sitting outside of the system. But how you make that happen, I don't know. How you fit all those pieces in the calendar, I've got no idea. You know, I've been really strong in thinking that Simone McInnes is probably the best choice, the current Dixon's coach. That's just because of a, a I guess, a cultural, the, the cultural thing that she has. She's really big on culture and she's really big on expectations she has of her players. Not that Alexander wasn't, but I think 
you know, she might potentially be someone that age fits. She's got a couple of the real up-and-coming diamonds in her own team. She probably has the capability to do it, obviously has the capability to do it. But who knows? They might they might go in a totally different direction. We shall see. Well, Erin, look, we got you very riled up. We're very aware that it's close to bed. We don't want you not sleeping tonight. After talking about the Super Shot Two Point Rule, Ooh, so uh, just one last question um, before we do let you go. What? And I'll open this up as well to you, Mags and Sarah. What games were your highlight, and which teams have disappointed you in the opening rounds, Erin? Uh, look. I, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm big on, I think the Sunshine Coast Lightning, if the Sunshine Coast Lightning don't win it this year, I, I would be shocked. I'm sort of with, I'm not my, on uh, my Paddy Malone. They're sitting up on the Sunshine Coast. There's been no disruption to them. They haven't been getting on and off planes. They have only one person who has a child, which, who, you know, is Pumza, who, who isn't there. So we don't have people, this disconnect happening with families being separated and, and children. They also have the best list in the league by any objective measure. They have a really settled list. So I was a little bit nervous in the first uh, the first half of that game, certainly, that they, but it really was just a case. You could just kind of see them clicking through the gears as they went. And like Laura Langman was the one kind of pushing it into the gears, you know, as the game, as the game went on. So that, I mean, they're, they're my pick. And so I sort of, I'm really interested to see how their, their year unfolds. I think I was probably, I was really, really disappointed. I thought the Giants looked like they were were getting it together. I think they have such, such a talented team and really uh, have, I think, have the cattle to win it. But especially with Brandley, because that's been the big question, right? They've been one elite defender with no, uh, no disrespect meant to the players that are there. They've been one elite defender away. So then when they didn't, get over the line against the Swiss, who, again, without Maddie Turner, they should have beat, they, I mean, they should have beat the Swiss. It's just as simple as that. So I think they were my um, disappointment from the weekend. Sarah, Max, would you agree with that, or do you have different points of view? Um, I wouldn't say I was overly disappointed, um, but I did pick the same game, um, and um, but not the Swiss. I thought the Swiss did okay. You know, they did what they needed to do. Giants did disappoint me a tiny bit, because like, for the same sort of reasons, I thought that they've got the firepower and they just didn't bring it. I don't, I don't think I was really disappointed by anyone. I, I, I understand what you're saying about the Lightning. They, they scared me a bit that, that first <laughs> half. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, think, um, I think who I was impressed by was the Firebirds because I think a lot of people have written them off. Um, I said they're going to do nothing. And I think they're probably the team that will stop other teams making top four. I don't think they'll be up there, but I think they'll be the one that someone will slip up against. and drop positions because of so I think they're definitely one to to kind of keep an eye on and, and we'll keep teams honest the other thing oh god I, I'm, I'm on the right whinge today but the other thing I didn't particularly like is the rolling subs because you literally go down one end of the court and then the next time you're down there there's three different players and it's like who's actually playing I don't, I don't know who's like some teams use them loads some teams didn't use them at all it's just hard to keep up and it must be annoying as players if you're a goalkeeper and you have three different goal defences in front of you in one quarter like uh, it, it was irritating watching yeah. isn't, isn't that where you kind of think as a coach that you hope that you have the connectivity between all your players I mean I don't think they've been together long enough to be able to get those sort of connections but isn't that what they're saying that you know you should be able to roll on and off use your bench no, but it, it, like, it's 15 minutes what what can't someone do for 15 minutes like <laughs> what like, do you mean what we've always done before they just yeah, get that's on with what it I mean. yeah. and, and i don't know is it like they've changed their goal attack so i'm going to change my goal defense I, I don't know what the thinking behind it is sometimes but i just found the game's disjointed because of the different rule changes i, mm. I found it difficult I, to work i've really built yeah. up to anything I found the first game felt like a trial mm. or a or a practice. Right? Oh yeah, you just duck into there and then you come off. You know, that's what yeah, it sort of felt like. But I, yeah, yeah. I, but then I actually felt as the weekend went on, I actually quite liked it. I liked seeing different players in different positions. But I really think Caroline just needs someone else suggested this. Just a little ticker along the bottom of the broadcast. Yeah, I'm not sure whether they do it in Premier League. Yeah, and it's. There's not so many 
that it would be a constant stream, right? It's really simple to just have WA, even if it's just the last name or the initial on and off. And if you're particularly interested or you see something happen, you can kind of look and, and see. Because obviously on the broadcast, they've made a point to not call it, right? That you could tell watching it, that was a very deliberate decision by them. But as the game went on, I actually quite enjoyed it. But I think probably in about three or four rounds, I'm really interested, you know, to, you know, making a note at the moment of how many players are playing how many minutes. So I think that'll be really important and it'll be interesting to see if what everyone thinks, which is that the teams that rotate the best will fare the best. I mean, even thinking about the Lightning game, Pretorius would have played the whole game. Langman would have played the whole game. I mean, Sherian probably played, you know, so I think that's an interesting aspect to see which one is going to better off. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be the ones that have that revolving door. But when you're playing one game for 10 minutes and then you're playing another game for five minutes, I guess you need a different team. Yeah, true. <laughs> Erin, I'm not sure you're good for Sari. You're just encouraging her rant in here. <laughs> um, before we let you go, are there any players that have really impressed you, Erin? Goodness. I mean, Kate Eddy, for me, at the Vixens, would be the one that I, that would have to jump out. How she didn't get best on, I will never understand. She only had, you know, she had four intercepts. She had game-high intercepts. The first game for the Vixens, she's come from a different club. She's moved states. She walked into Renee, had to put Renee Ingalls' shoes on in the change room and Not just played, 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 played nearly a flawless game at wing defence. Really, she made very few mistakes at defence. And then all of a sudden, Simone McInnes does what she never does and just chucked the bibs in the air and had, you know, when was the last time we saw, you know, Western out at wing defence in, in Super Netball? She went back to goal defence, but really <laughs> never got a key intercept in the last quarter. And was when I looked at the start of the last quarter, she had two contacts for the game. It, like there was shooters on the court that had more contact. So for me, and she's always been really highly rated by people in, in Melbourne and in Australia, but she just, she blew me out of the water for sure. Erin, thank you so much. You have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you for all of your opinions. We've thoroughly enjoyed them, aren't we girls? Thank you yep. so much. She can come back. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be even more popular with Netball Australia than I already am. <laughs> We'll let you go uh, so that you can calm down before bedtime. Thank you. Thank you genuinely so much for joining us on Netball oh, Station. Thanks, Erin. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, before we get into our next talking point, I want to tell you about this brilliant app that we've teamed up with called Heya. Heya is a sports team app for your phone that helps your team grow while bringing everyone together in a shared love for sports. You can use the app to easily organize and communicate with everyone on your team. And guess what? It's free to use and trusted by over 750,000 coaches, parents, and players worldwide. There's so much that this app can do, from keeping all your team contact details stored safely to scheduling games and training, getting player availability, messaging everyone, and more. You can even set your teammates' challenges by uploading a video explaining the challenge. Players reply with a video showing coaches and teammates what they've got. Very cool, this, especially when we can't pass to each other that easily yet. If you want to check out the app, it's completely free. Just download Heya, spelt H-E-J-A, from your app store and let us know what you think. Now then, netball training is slowly but surely cranking back up across the land, from grassroots level all the way up to the England Roses. Talking of the Roses, they returned to training last week with another training camp set for this week. So Mags, what are the biggest challenges for coaches who will still have to follow COVID-19 restrictions and guidelines, do we think? Cripes. Well, without wanting to go on and bore people, because that's the last thing I want to do, we're still stuck in stage two. And because we're stuck, we're in having quite a, quite a negative day here, aren't we? <laughs> we are. I do apologise, listeners what, and viewers. What's the pent up ranting here today? Oh, it just feels like we're just—it's just Groundhog Day because we're still stuck in stage two, which means you know that it, it's minimal contact, minimal sharing of equipment. You can still only have six people, which is five plus a coach. Then add to that, you know, trying to get venues to train. You know, we've gone back, you know, 30 years, much longer, and we're outside training. Hey, you know, that was a bit of a, a shock to the system. Great whilst the sun was shining, but yeah. when that rain was coming down, not so great. 
And then you've still got to do all the sanitization of kit, make sure people come in one way, go out another. So what I'm basically saying to you is, is that most uh, community level or clubs will be thinking about trials and trying to get dates in the diary, which is what we've done. And it's just then how those trials then look. So from our perspective, dates are in the diary for August hoping and praying that we can move a couple of stages along where we can at least do something where these girls can throw balls to each other. Um, but if, the, if it, it ends up sticking at stage two, then the plan is still five and one, skills and drills, screen them that way, try and select girls that you want to get into your squads for next season, hoping that by September, October, we can all be together and be indoor uh, with venues. So... It's business as it's always been since we've been able to go back a couple of weeks. Still sanitising, still small groups, still working out how people come in and out um, and minimal sharing of kit. It can be done, but it's just a lot of planning. Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot more difficult, isn't it? Oh, sorry, Emma. And can I just also throw into that? We're stuck in lockdown in Kirklees where I live. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so even though we've got these plans and we've got dates and everything set up ready to rock and roll, because of the, the recent um, surge in numbers, we're going to struggle to even maybe get the girls together to do the basics that we want to do. And do you know what? This is even, like, this is big picture stuff. So we're talking about this on a very broad basis, aren't we, here? Because this is affecting a lot of people. But actually, Sarah, when you start on picking it, right, and when, when we are getting back to training and stuff, not everyone's coming back in the same mental and physical condition. So how are coaches going to tailor training or how are they going to deal with that? It's hard, you know, like for, for Lightning, we're, we're probably going to go back in the next few weeks of just offering something to our girls training wise, but partly for mental health reasons, um, partly for the physical reasons. But it's also optional. You know, if they want to come back and train, they can come back and train. If they don't want to, they don't have to. And I think that's going to be the way for, for a lot of teams and a lot of clubs for, for a while. Um, and also, yeah, a recognition that people have coped with lockdown in different ways and in uh, to various degrees of success and are in different shapes physically and mentally. So our Super League, Super League pre-season will be a long one, if possible, to, to allow for that and to allow for adaptations. Um, and also, you know, there's just a recognition that we kind of need to be kind to ourselves a little bit, you know, we're used to running around at a million miles an hour and demanding things from people and wanting to be the, the best at this and to get better at that. And actually coming back, we, we probably just need to go, you know, let's just, let's just enjoy it for a little bit and, and do what we want to do and, and have some fun. And then as we find our feet, we can start getting that competitive edge back and, and yeah, just chill out a little bit. Yeah. A lot of it, I guess, is kind of stripping it right back back to basics really and to the yeah, it is going back to basics and it's it's also going back to you know why you want to play netball um like people people do want to get back to the sport and it's it's to see their friends it's to feel good about themselves you know people know competition isn't starting anytime soon i don't think um but being able to get back training and, and have that social element to it is, is important to people as well and, and do you think um, with England back in training, do you think that's a bit of a, a boost for the sport itself? I think it, it shows that, you know, that, that maybe at the top level of netball, we're slowly but surely managing to sort of come through. And there's a glimmer of hope. And I think we all know, fingers crossed, that this second wave doesn't come with any sort of force, that it will eventually come to an end. But it's nice to know that the national team have, have found a way of coming together and doing something. Quite what the camp looks like for them at the moment, I'm not sure. But for all the points that Sarah's raised, you know, even those girls within that environment, I'm sure will have different views and attitudes to, to what they're doing. And there will be kid clubs maybe used with some of them. Um, it, it, for, for me, it, it's always difficult because as a coach, um, when you get your hands on your players, you kind of feel as though that, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to, to work them hard because if they don't go away sweating, you know, have they had a good session? Have I not given them everything that they want? But valid points made by Sarah that you can't cane them. It's not pre-season because you don't know when the season's going to start. And, and it's just being flexible 
and tailoring what you're delivering to them to the needs of the girls and slow down mm. the, the ones of us who have had the benefit of some input from sports scientists probably understand it a little bit better um, than than those who haven't and that's my fear that you'll get some coaches who don't truly understand it and they will be absolutely going for it hell for leather because they've had this long break and feel that now they've got access to the girls it's like let's just get on with it pre-season pre-season for them could be four or five months well that's just too long and it's not pre-season yeah so if you're a player listening to this just remember take note from the words the words of the wise calm calm it all down ease yourself back into it and look after yourself um do you think then that we could see international netball before the end of the year with them being back in training yeah i think i think we will i think um they've got a test series planned against jamaica for the november december time um I don't think that'll have a crowd, but it should be on TV. And I think that'll be a big boost for the sport um, and a big boost generally for women's sport to get some exposure and to, to get on TV and hopefully have a high quality series. Absolutely. It's exciting. Now then, we have finally made it to the final section of the show. Um, don't know if Sarah's going to rant here, but we've heard plenty of that so far. <laughs> <laughs> Not a of frustration. Now, when we popped off for our little summer break, things were really hotting up in New Zealand's ANZ with unbeaten pulse battling away anything that came in front of them. But the other sides were producing some incredible performances to show that run could soon come to an end. We left things at round five, so let's run through those games first before we have a chat about round six seven and eight there was another draw this time between tactics and magic and it was exactly the same score 46 46 spooky that isn't it uh, but how did the other games end up so as it stands right pre our little summer break that we had it's nine six to sarah right i was hoping we'd just forgotten about this because i had a stink of this round <laughs> Let's go through this. I was hoping we'd just moved on. Oh, look at me. It's fine. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've got to give Mag something. She's been out done by for the last, the last few podcasts. <laughs> right, so, um, Pulse v. Steel. Mags, you said Pulse. Sorry, you said Pulse. And you were both correct. It was Pulse 40, uh, 37 Steel. Steel, Stars. Now then, Mags, you said Stars. And Sarah said Steel. It was Steel 39, Stars 48. You happy with that, Max? Mm-hmm. I absolutely am. Uh, stars be magic. Now, you both said stars on that one, and you both got it right. It was stars 45, magic 43. Tactics be mystics. Uh, Max, you went for tactics. Sorry, you went for mystics. And Max, you were right. It was tactics 41, mystics 40. Just. They were close, though, wasn't it? Well, no. Of course, with that draw, tactics 46, magic 46. Um, Mags, you went for tactics. Sorry, you went for magic, but you both get a point for that one. Now, I'm not going to try and do the maths on that. Somebody will do it. Put him. people. I'll get my person to, to yeah. do that math. Statistician <laughs> that we've got that we employ. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll just open the calculator after we finish the podcast. But basically, I'm going to go with, Mags, you're getting very, very close. It's getting very mm. close between you and Sarah now, which is impressive because at one point you were on like three three points or something. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't turned up at all. <laughs> uh, now, round six are an agonising one goal loss for Magic, while in round seven, Tactics and Mystics were looking stronger by the minute. But round eight was the biggie as Magic beat Steel, and it was Mystics who finally broke Pulse's unbeaten record, winning 44-42. What about that then, girls? It was amazing. It was yeah. a good game. Mystics left it late. They were like five down at three-quarter time, I think, and then they came good in the last quarter. But I am a Pulse fan, so I am biased, but I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened to Pulse because now they've got that monkey off the back. You know, It's hard trying to go through a season unbeaten, and I think they'll just come back better now. They'll, they'll have less pressure on them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It won't do them any harm. They stood at the top of the table. You know, they were 10 from, you know, they're 10 from 10, 9 from 9, whatever it was. Yeah. So it doesn't affect their standing in the table. They're still top. And it just proves that, they, that even the best teams um, have a bad day. Or was it just a case of the team? The other team well, fair, fair play to Mystics. They, they, they did really well. They, they, did, they played really well. And um, it, was, it was nice to see them get that win because now it still makes it really interesting for second place two and three yeah. mystics and then i think they play this weekend so that's going to be a mm. huge game 
Yeah. I, question for you. Sorry, Emma. So, question for you. So watching that game, I mean, I have, I think I've got a bit of a girl crush on Toei Ava. I just think she's just absolutely phenomenal. I just love everything about her and how she plays and the fact that she doesn't fit within the, the conventional look of a wing attack. But my God, that girl has got these amazing hands and vision and ball placement. So she's on a warning in the first quarter. And it's that decision as a coach, what do you do? Because you can't take the fire out of her completely because then that just stops her game. But it's that same sort of decision as we had, um, you know, in the Dragons game when we managed to play a game and, you know, you've got your goalkeeper who's on a warning and then eventually gets sent off. So I think it showed extreme um, guts to leave her on because she's the one that does the job with Nweke. What would you have done, Yeah, Sarah? well, I think the interesting thing was she, was she was poor first quarter and then she got a caution, she got a warning and it showed a huge amount of, of character for her to play like she did for the rest of the game because she came out, she fixed up, um, she sorted out, you know, what was going wrong um, and she, she didn't get sent off, which is fantastic. Sure, I think the only... I think the only difference between those two scenarios is Toyar as a wing attack. So, you know, worst case scenario, you just go, well, God's sake, just stop defending almost. You yeah. know, yeah. don't stop defending, but just, just stop contesting He's anything. He's back. Like yeah. anything 50-50, yeah. He's back. Just go arms over, track the runs. Don't get yourself into any trouble. It's more difficult when it's a goalkeeper or a goal defence. You've yeah. got to go out and contest stuff. When, when they're on a warning, it's like that's proper squeaky bum time because... Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're likely to hit someone at some point in the next three quarters and if they're already in the umpire's bad books chances are they're gonna they're gonna send yeah, they're them walking. off so it, yeah. it was a big decision to, to keep her out there but i think it's probably well it was uh, probably the, it was the right one well it the was end. the right one i think it's a testament to how much they trust her and, and how how good a player she is and, and how strong mentally she is to come mm. back from a, a ropey first quarter to to play magnificently for the rest mm. of the game. Absolutely. Good on her. Right then, guys. Round nine predictions. Oh, yeah, God. let's see if Max can overtake you, Sarah. So, steal the Mystics. Max? I'm going to I'm gonna go Mystics. Ooh, Sarah? Yeah, I'm going to go Mystics because they, ha they have to win it. Now. Like, they have to win that game now to, mm. to still be in the top two so yeah so they've got something to play for so we're both yeah. you both go mystics there steel be pulse max i'm going pulse because of the uh the effects of the game that they had last week i think they'll step up and step up big got a feeling you're gonna agree with max there, i so. am gonna agree because i imagine i don't think i'd like to be a pulse player in training this week i imagine <laughs> they're gonna get a rocket will have them mm. <laughs> uh mystics v tactics now, this is the biggie. This is the, the game of the round, really. You know, it's two yeah. versus three. Um, and it's a close one to call. And I think it's going to be close. It might even end up a draw. But I'm going to go tactics. Ooh, mm. Sarah? It is, it is the game of the round because it'll probably decide who finishes in second place. Mm. Um, I'm going to go Mystics just mm. because I've, I've, I've backed them this year. Yeah, and I've said before previously, they've been a bit flaky when it comes to it. So I'm just hoping that this year is the year that they, they come through. Okay, so Sarah's going Mystics. Magic B stars, Max. Um, my girl Maya Wilson. I just, I just, just magical watching her. I think I just like to sort of like just have loads of money, win the lottery, and bring her over to England. <laughs> so as a consequence of that, and because she has been a shooter on form all the way through, it give the ball to her. You know, it's good night. Even though Magic have been pushing and pushing and pushing teams to the max and nearly getting over the line, but never making it. I'm going stars. Ooh, Sarah? I'm going to go Magic, actually, just because, like Mag said, I think they've, they've been there or thereabouts for, for a few weeks and been pushing teams hard. And at some point, they're, they're going to get a win. And I think neither team have really got much to play for. So I think it might, it might be this week they do it. And finally, Pulse v Tactics, Mags? Um, it's Pulse again. They, they are not going to have a bad day. Sarah, do you agree? I, I, think, I think Pulse will win it. I think, I think it'll be tight, though. Well, yeah. Well, there we have it. Your round nine predictions. So we'll revisit this and see if you have managed to uh, leapfrog Sarah next week, Max. <laughs> um, before we wrap the show up, have either of you got any shout-outs? Oh, um, I've just got one. 
and it's to all the under 21s who play internationally who have had their competition cancelled um you know it's it's huge anything in your life that gets cancelled is huge but this this particular tournament was you know was built to be something special and the fact that they've cancelled it and i think is there plans maybe to do it the year after or and i know there's discussion about making sure that the girls who would be too old in a year's time still be considered and let the same ones play through but huge congratulations for them you know making it um to the teams but commiserations for it being cancelled there'll be more stick with it girls keep working hard um thinking of you all stick with it indeed and lots of netball nation love to you all sarah this is like the most highly pressured moment of the podcast for you when we ask you to give a shout out it is <laughs> this is where i crumble um <laughs> no probably just to all the netball teams starting to starting to go back or you know dipping their toe into training again and actually just getting to see each other for for the first time for some people so um yeah just keep going with the outdoor sessions you know and stick with it and um, enjoy seeing your senior mates for the first time in a while yeah have a good time and max did i hear you say earlier that it was your birthday this week yeah tomorrow tomorrow well there's a huge shout out to max who's 21 tomorrow happy oh, birthday oh, God, I'd like to see 41 and 51 again. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Happy birthday, Mags. Thank you. If you, if you bake a cake, we'd we gladly come round and pick some up. So oh, thank you. bless you. going to make a baker on birthday cake. Hercules, we're in quarantine. You oh, can't. Yeah. yeah, you can leave at the end of the drive, can't you? Oh, okay, then. Okay. Shout happy birthday through the window. Thank right, you. Thank you so much for that, guys. Mags, have a lovely birthday tomorrow. Thank you. That is it for another show. As always, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, get in touch via social media or email us, hello at mynetballnation.com. Don't forget, we're giving you the chance to win a pair of ASICs, brand new netball trainers for you and a pair for a friend. With eight pairs to give away of four shoes available now at Netball UK. The ASICs Professional FF2, ASICs Super FF, ASICs Academy A and ASICs Professional 2GS. To enter, go to our website and click on the banner on the homepage and you'll be back to court ready with Netball UK and a6. See you next week, girls. Bye. Bye. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Shop now at netballuk.co.uk.